This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Weeboot. The government has unveiled Budget 2022 on October 29th, and it's the largest budget to date at 332 billion ringgit. The lion's share goes to education and health, but according to the government, no sector has been left out as the budget is supposed to reflect the Kluarga Malaysia team. So, what's in it for you? What should you keep an eye out for? Joining me to discuss this is Tanya Malai Soma Sundaram, Managing Director of Tanis Tax Consulting Services. Good morning and welcome to the show, Tanya. Since the theme is Kluarga Malaysia, so let's start with a Kluarga build. You know, so, were there anything for children? Sadly, really nothing very much for the children at all, except... They're giving, you know, in schools, like, you know, food for the children who are underprivileged from underprivileged families, milk will be given to them. So really nothing from a tax perspective. You know, there's no special tax reliefs for children, etc. No, nothing for the children. But there are discounts and uh, made available for PTPN graduates and stuff like that. So students. No, there will be. I'm thinking of the the primary school children and all that. But, you know, generally all all children will be given the 150 ringgits and 150 ringgits to buy books and whatever they want to spend on their school, you know, school and including undergraduates, you know, undergraduates also will get, you know, students will get it. So students right from primary school all the way to undergraduates will get that 150. But the undergraduates will get, I mean, those who are in the 18 to 20 group, you know, now because these guys are all using uh, mobile phones, you know, so they get e-wallets. It's just the 18 to 20 group who are, you know, and they will get this 150, extra 150. But also students, you know, just to help their parents, they're going to get this 150 ringgit vouchers, you know. So that's something that's beneficial. For Otherwise, children, really nothing very much, you know. It's more directly being given in the tents to help the underprivileged, you know, children from underprivileged families so that they are not malnutrition. You know, there's no malnutrition so that they give them the right food, the milk, etc. That assistance is being given to the children, yes. Speaking of children, you have to talk about the parents then. What uh, should parents be looking out for in terms of tax reliefs then? Tax reliefs, I think the parents look at the, the two and a half thousand extra that they're getting on top of the lifestyle relief of two and a half thousand. You know, that's what the parents are going to get. You take about anybody should use that two and a half thousand. And as far as parents are concerned, as far as, you know, not from a children's point of view, from their own perspective, they can be upskilling their own, you know, in terms of their uh, their own capabilities, in terms of work, etc. They they can be upskilling themselves, you know. So that's another thing that you can now, you know, you can carry on getting that, uh, the, uh, the, the relief, you know, as far as upskilling is concerned. And uh, that would be something that's worthwhile. So if they're spending on their education and upskilling, they're still you know, they're entitled to it. That's, uh, that's something that they ought to think about. But, uh, uh, but where the parents, I think, that, again, you're talking about this focus. This, this budget was focused a lot on the people at the poorer end, you know. So that's, again, when you talk about this Bantuan riot, they're going to get this cash you know, that's going to come in. For example, two and a half thousand they're going to get 2,000 ringgits if you're earning less than 2,500 ringgits and you have three children. Or if you're a single parent, you're going to get your 500 ringgits, you know, uh, you know, and you're supporting, the, so you got your 500 ringgits. So that's how. But from a parent's perspective, you know, the more wealthier parents, if you think about it, um, now if you're going to buy cars, for example, you know, from 2022, if you're bringing in CKD, if you buy CKD, you know, electric, you know, the, this is to promote electric uh, sort of the, you know, to, to get away from 
the uh, gasoline into electric vehicles. If you so you get sales tax, and if you can, now you can buy cars, you can buy cars up to 30th June next year, and there will be sales tax exemption. You know, on 100% sales tax exemption on the CKD, that means locally assembled cars, and a 50% on CBU, which is totally imported up to 30th June. Okay, that's one. Now the next thing is to move from gasoline to electric and uh, you know, reduce pollution, and that's what we are—they're all talking in Glasgow at the moment. Is actually there is going to be up to 2025 you know, if you do if they actually bring in CKD components or assemble the cars and if they're assembled locally and the electric vehicles, they'll get 100%. You know, cars will be definitely cheaper because there'll be 100% uh, duty not just on sales tax exemption it'll also be an excise duty it'll also be on customs duty so practically you pay no taxes you know if you're actually buying cars with uh, electric vehicles uh, and assembled uh, from ckd kits but if you bring it in cbu you also get the similar exemption but it's only up to 2023 the other one goes to 25 and also if you're an individual and if you need to charge, you know, because when you buy electric vehicles, you need to put in your charging station. So they will give you 2,500 ringgits, a tax relief also for, you know, building the, or, or, or you know, well, building the, uh, or the buying charger. the necessary facilities to actually have a charging station in your house, for example, you know, so you get 2,500 ringgit relief, you know, so that's what you're going to be getting in terms of that, you know, so. But this doesn't apply uh, for hybrid, does it? Uh, no, it's got to be electric. Mm. It's got to be electric, you know, totally. And what about travel? Yes, yes. And I think the individuals, I think, you know, people are quite tired of sitting at home. Maybe, you know, they, you know the domestic travel also, if you now spend 1,000 ringgits going to the hotel, say, in Pankow or somewhere like that. So the government is saying, please, you know, take some time and go and visit our hotels, you know. So, <laughs> so the 1,000 ringgits is also being extended, you know. So that's something that's, uh, that's pretty good, you know. So that's where. And the other thing from an individual perspective, if you're really short of money, the employee contribution, for example, they've reduced it, you know, they continue. It was already available. 11 to 9% is what the employee can contribute. He can elect for it. Uh, now he can continue in the next year also, you know. So that's what they are allowing employees to have a little bit of extra cash. It's not going to add a lot. It's just a 2% reduction in his employee contribution, you know. So but- that's, that's the but why? What do you think? It's important from a financial planning perspective, right? Why is it important to raise the limit yourself? I mean, let's say it's a two percent increase on like a five thousand ringgit salary. Reduced. It's reduced. It's actually sim. It's reduced from you know. At the moment, you contribute eleven compulsorily, but if you want, you can now do nine. You can contribute nine. But my personal view is: be careful. Don't don't unnecessarily take money from these retirement schemes, because if you do in the future. Where, you know, you need money to live because we all have now longer lives. And even if you retire at the age of 60, now the life expectancy is about 77 to 80 years, you know. So can you imagine? So taking money out of the EPF is not something I would actually personally recommend. You know, if possible, try and not go for the reduced rate, you know. Keep it, keep it. Because, uh, you know, you've got all these. You know, at the moment, you've got different saving schemes from an individual perspective. You've got the EPF. You have a three thousand ringgit exemption for the PRS, the first, you know, the private retirement schemes. Then now in this budget, they've said that if you have deferred annuity schemes, you buy from insurance companies, they'll give you an equivalent three thousand to the as you get. You know, you get another on top exemption. of the PRS. 
on top. It is equivalent, not above. It is okay. at the 3,000. Either you get this or you get that. You, know, you get either the PRS or the deferment. It's not on top. It's not another. Okay. You have medical insurance, 3,000. You know, on top of that, you can, you can, that one is on top. You can actually buy medical insurance, another 3,000. So you have, uh, you know, all these various schemes. And, and don't forget, all these are individual schemes that you should save. And if you want to think about children, you mustn't forget the SSPN, you know. That's another 8,000 ringgits you get, you know, another 8,000 ringgits that you should save for your children annually so that you can pay for their education in time to come. SSPN is very good. Okay, and we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents. I'm Sim Wee Boon. Today's topic is Budget 2022 and what's in it for you. Tanir Malai Soma Sumundaram, the Managing Director of Tanir's Tax Consulting Services, joins me to talk about what should we keep an eye out for in budget 2022. I want to go back a bit on the personal tax relief you were touching on, you know, 2,500 ringgit for um, phones, computers, tablets. That's on top of a existing 2,500 ringgit uh, that you have. How should individuals maximize this? You know, uh, how what should they be looking at? Individuals should now look, if they haven't spent this 5,000 now, you still have until 31st December to make sure you spend the 5,000, you know. On a productive thing that will help you, like if you buy a handphone, if you buy a tablet, if you buy a computer or you need it for your child, buy it now. And then if you want, you can buy another one. If you have two children, you buy another one in January. You buy one in December, one in January. So you get one, one 5,000 this year. Then you have another 5,000 another year, you know. So try and maximize it, you know. So the, because the wording is a bit vague initially, because they did say that it's uh, an extension. And I think there was a bit of confusion whether it is a 2021, 2022. Was there any, so is, is that clear that you can actually do? Very clear. It's very clear. To me, it's 2021, you're entitled to 5,000. 2022, another 5,000. Mm-hmm. So 2022 is very, very clear in terms of that. You know, So that's no issue at all. Okay. You will get it. You know, so okay. spend it. Okay. That's good money spent, but you know, buy buy the thing that will be productive for you, your children. Moving on to the other side, which is business owners, you know, those that have small businesses, employers that have employees. What are the reliefs? What are the measures that they should be looking out for? No, they. I think, as far as we are concerned, I think employers are concerned is actually if they're big companies, they have structured internship programs. So if you bring in internships, you know, then they get a double deduction. Basically, if you employ somebody for a thousand ringgits, you get two thousand ringgits. You know, so you get a double deduction. So that and, and and structured programs are not too difficult. You just got to get it approved by the talent corporation, and you can get that in. So if you're bringing internees who are graduates and you're employing them, etc., under this program, you get a double deduction. Then, as far as small businesses are concerned, let me talk. It was very much focused on small businesses. What they decided was, if you are an SME or a micro SME, for example. If you have, you know, normally in taxes, you've got to pay your tax. For example, in 22, you pay advanced taxes either monthly or bi-monthly. So what they've given the SMEs now is deferment of that monthly installment in 2022, saying the first six months you don't have to pay. You just have to start paying after June this year. You can you can actually defer that. And secondly, what they have given is for these uh, small SMEs and all, is finally when you calculate your tax, you know, if you have 100,000 and you pay 20, you know, let's say you pay 170, because 17% tax rate, let's say you pay 170,000, you are going to get a special rebate of 20,000 ringgits, you know. 
from the tax payable. So that's also something you should watch out and claim your 20,000 rebate, which is really a gift, which is really a gift to you because instead of paying 170,000, you are actually going to give 150,000 only. So remember, so 20,000 is a gift from government. And also if you are a company or a, or a business and you gain scholarships to undergraduates, for example, you now can get a double deduction for that scholarship because you are helping students in you know in universities etc so you can get a deduction also so companies uh, and then if companies also businesses any business doesn't need to be companies it can be sole proprietorships etc is if you're doing renovations now renovations normally when you actually say you start a restaurant you paint you build you know you sort of build you know you sort of uh, on the structures i'm not talking about tables chairs kitchenware and all that i'm talking about painting, decorating, all that you will not get a deduction at all because it's regarded as creating a setting and therefore it's capital expenditure. And what you can do is they've given now for you a special deduction of up to 300000 if you renovate during this COVID period up to next year, hmm. up to next year. So you so you should use that and do your repair, you know, repairs that don't qualify for a deduction. You know, if you're doing uh, decorative work on your restaurant, or if you're doing something else that you will not get a deduction, you can get a deduction on the basis you're renovating now up to 300,000. So you should use that 300,000. And from an individual perspective, if you're a business, you know, if you've got lots of properties and all that, and you are the owner, you now, as long as you give the, the companies, any company, it doesn't need to be SMEs, if you're giving them a reduction of your rent, if the tenant is going to give you reduce the rent by more than 30 percent and you remember you as a as a as a owner you're going to lose 30 percent but you can get that deducted the government will say because you've lost out you can deduct it against your income against your rental income so you get a rental special rental deduction although you didn't receive the money they will give you so that when you record you know so when you receive a hundred dollars you're only going to receive 70 ringgits from that 70 ringgits, you will get another 30 ringgits deduction because you've given away a 30 ringgit deduction. So, so that's the kind of benefits. The main benefit of this budget is not through tax. It's actually coming in through various types of loans. If you're an SME, there, there is the uh, that, you know various uh, guarantee corporations because you can't go to the bank. Usually when you go to the bank, they'll say, what is your future cash flow looking like? Because when they look at the last one year, you're in a bad shape. Yep. They won't give you money. So you got to go to this corporation, government. There are a couple of you know institutions that will give you the guarantee. You're also getting there are grants, matching grants. For example, if you take the tourism industry, the budget hotels have been bad. A lot of hotels have been badly hit. So now, if you do the repairs, they're giving you a dollar for dollar matching grant. You know, so you can get the matching grant. So you must also look out for wherever you can get grants, wherever you can get these incentives. You know, wherever you can get deductions. Because in tax, you have to you have to make your profits before you actually get a deduction. Grants are very good because you don't need to worry about profits. You know, so matching grants, or there are loans available. There are like Bumi, you know, if you take the Bumiputras for example, there's practically 11.4 billion for the uh, Bumiputra umbrella development. Then there is also for education, Bumiputra education. There's 6.6 .6 billion allocated. So. And for the Chinese, there are 200 million. For the Indians, there are 145 million. They're going to be given away. Those things are not at all tax-driven. They're going to be given away. You must go there quickly and register yourself so that you can collect 
that 11.4 part of that 11.4 billion euro bumiputra uh, entrepreneur for business development or the 6.6 billion for education for bumiputras and for indians and chinese you know the 200 and the 145 million and there are micro loans being given for example if you are a very very small enterprise they will give you interest free loans for 6 months no zero interest in that one up to 10000 for really micro businesses for the bigger businesses you can borrow up to you know smaller but let's slightly bigger up to 75000 they'll give you 6 months interest-free loans. Yeah, just just revisiting some of the things that uh, small businesses or businesses can look out. I mean, initially you touched a bit on upskilling individually, right? You know, you should look out for individual tax, individual leaves when you upskill yourself. But can the employers, will the employers get something off upskilling their employees as well? There's no double deduction, but it is absolutely, you, you get a tax deduction. Mm-hmm. Whatever you spend on your employees in education, whether it's English classes or whether it's technical classes or whether it is any other skills, even if you send them to uh, outside classes, you will get a tax deduction because it's all in relation to actually helping you grow your business, mm-hmm. carry on your business. Those are entirely, but you don't get a double deduction for that. You know, that's the kind of thing that uh, you know. Yeah. So not to worry. Anything that you spend on your employees in educating them. Is actually deductible, not to worry at all. Uh, before we end uh, this show, I mean, what are the other specific measures, specific taxes that you'd like to highlight and talk about before we finish off? I think what people have to now watch about, I think these things, you know, on the foreign source income, they've got to manage it because they should not be surprised when they bring the money in that they suddenly find themselves being subject to tax. You know, that's one thing that they certainly need to. And if you're doing you know, an RPGT, the removal of RPGT, if you're going to sell the properties, please defer the sale to 1st January. Then you don't have to if you're more than six years, you've held the property. Don't don't sell it in the next two months. You know, try and sign the SPA or actually defer the sale and purchase agreement to 1st of January. You know, that's something that's important. Otherwise, you'll be paying unnecessarily. You'll be paying the 5% tax. What I thought was, you know, this uh, self-declaration for SVDP, we call it self-voluntary declaration for indirect taxes. I think all businesses, they all nowadays, you know, many of them are subject to, they're registered for service tax purposes, sales tax purposes. You know, a lot of SMEs are registered because your turnover will exceed 500,000. Now, there's, if you have not done things right over the last couple of years, this is a great opportunity for you to come clean. And there'll be a reduction of the penalties significantly, or the total waiver. Initially, there's going to be a hundred percent waiver of the penalties. Just pay the tax, you know. And they're willing to even consider a remission of the tax, which means, yes, you've not done this right, and you don't want them to come and audit and ask unnecessary questions and waste your time. You may as well go on a voluntary basis, clean yourself up, all the way up to 2020. So you don't have any headaches from the authorities coming in and you know t- talking to you and messing around and wasting your time. So that's something that you should use. Consider using that personally. You know that's <clears throat> that's something. And then businesses who are entitled to what we call reinvestment allowance. If you now invest in your plant and machinery, in the, invest in industrial buildings, you may have enjoyed it for the last 15 years. Now they're giving you another opportunity to enjoy it for a further two years. You know, for the further two years in 22 and. 23 so please try and invest because you will get an extra 60% that is if you spend 100 ringgits you'll get 100 ringgit deduction plus you will get another 60 ringgits on top of that so for every 100 ringgits you'll get 160 ringgits of tax deduction and so you can work it out so it's worth actually you know going in and apply and not applying you're automatically entitled to it 
try and invest during this period in plant and machinery if you can for manufacturing businesses and agriculture. Just a quick note on the foreign source income. Does it apply to foreign rental income as well? Yes. If you have, for example, properties, you know, rental income, if you have bank accounts, you're receiving fixed deposit interest, dividend income, even dividend income, because in mm. Malaysia, we don't tax dividend yep. income. Now, if you bring in foreign dividend income, that's going to be taxed, you know. Even pension income can be taxed, you know, foreign pension income. So practically all income will be taxed, even if the income is not taxable normally in Malaysia, if you had received it in Malaysia. But because you are now remitting it from overseas, it'll be taxable. It'll be taxable. And you've got to make sure that the credit attached to it. And the difficulty is, you know, how do you attribute? You may be earning that money over many years and you've got to calculate how are you going to calculate the credit? Because you may have already paid tax in the foreign country. Exactly. So you've got to bring that back. And that, I think, you know, is going to be the point of difficulty that many people are going to have. It can be done. It's not impossible. We, we as tax specialists certainly know how to do it. But the ordinary man will not know how to do it. It's going to be difficult and it's going to be also difficult to decide from which year of income it comes from. It may have gone 20 years ago and you've been earning this money and now you bring it back. How do you attribute the tax you have paid? And you need records, you know, because records, records, records. Unfortunately, our tax people love records, you know. <laughs> and without records, you know, <laughs> if the owners, you know, you're gone. You, you know, without the records, you are naked, you know, yep. for the authorities to come and actually hit you. So this is a, going to be a major area. This is an area of major concern to a lot of people on this foreign source income. This is, this, you know, and this may be something, a precursor to the future, where they might decide that in the future that they will bring all worldwide income, all worldwide income, not just on remittance, wherever you have, whether you remit or not, it may be subject to tax, which is what about 90, you know, all countries in the world have mm-hmm. that except Singapore, Hong Kong and Malaysia. Yep. Well, we will keep an eye on that. But um, <laughs> that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Tanir Malai Somasundram, Managing Director of Tiny's Tax Consulting Services. Thank you very much for your insights, Tanir. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We've got the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.